We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, the list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. What's going on, guys? Andrew Claudio here with a quick programming note. As you could probably already tell, when the Knicks are away, so are we. The boys are on vacation this week, recharging our batteries after a tumultuous first half of the Knicks season. I mean, if you can call it a first half, but uh, while they're on the all-star break, we are not putting out some new content. So the episode you're about to hear, because we wanted to make sure you got some content from us was recorded a month ago for our Knicks film school patrons. So you're going to get a preview of what it's like to listen to a Patreon draft every month. John and I have been doing these positional drafts and this was our power forward draft. Now, we explain the rules at the top, but I'm just going to throw it out there. The power forward you grew up thinking of, the Tim Duncans and the Carmelones and the Kevin Garnetts of the world are not the same power forwards that exist today. We went by basketball references, positional estimate. And if you had the majority of your percentage of minutes at the power forward position in the most recent season that you've played in, then that is the position designation that we gave you. You are eligible for the power forward draft in that sense. All this to say, you're going to get a preview of the Patreon pod that we did a month ago when we drafted the 20 best power forwards in the NBA. And if you'd like more episodes like this, head on over to the Knicks Film School Patreon. You can sign up for just seven bucks a month. It gets you an extra KFS episode a week. You get access to the playback watch parties and you get the video version of these podcasts as well. Plenty of fun stuff going on over there, over at the Knicks Film School Patreon. But without further ado, here's a preview of a KFS Patreon episode. Hope you guys are enjoying the break.
Hey there, patrons. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another bonus episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, coming at you. Actually, no. Well, it's coming at you three weeks from the trade deadline. Mm. We're rec- I'm re- we are recording this. Hello, Andrew Claudio, by the way. Hello, John Macri, by the way. <laughs> we are recording this on Wednesday. So we are three weeks and one day away from the... Ch- Actually, it's, it's, I'm looking at my time. It's 3.53 p.m. Eastern time. It's, the deadline's at 4 p.m., right? 3 p.m. Oh, is it 3 p.m.? Yes. How am I think it's 4? Which is um, why our live stream will most likely be from 2 to 4, like it was last year. Oh, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, By the way, our live stream is going to be from 2 to 4 on the day of the trade deadline. Thanks for That's letting me know. On the air program. Did we... I know that the Knicks obviously didn't make a trade during the deadline. I think they, uh, the, the big, the big Austin rivers trade went down. Uh, what a few hours before. Was that an official trade or was that like, we're going to release you because you haven't been with the team in a few weeks. And then it turned into a trade. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I forget. It's all blending together, but I remember, um, I remember I, I feel like a lot of the action last year went down before we went live. Mm-hmm. And it's less it was- about with the trade deadline. It's it's always been less about the actual deadline because free agency, there is a little opening that happens and then all the deals flow in. Whereas with the deadline, yes, yes. that's just the last pot. It's rare that it's like the last few minutes actually lead to action, you know? Um yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm still looking forward to it. I, oh, yeah. I do wonder, are we going to get little, like, cause it was a deal last night, a three team deal that was more about moving, moving some deck chairs on the Titanics, various Titanics around. Um, actually, no, I shouldn't say that Brent, Brent Forbes is a good player, but when we do our shooting guard draft, uh, he'll, he, he may actually get picked. Really? Okay. <laughs> Listen, Reminder Brent to Forbes, look up Brent Forbes. Brent okay. Forbes can shoot the hell out of the ball. Okay. I've been meandering yeah. for long enough. Um, so, uh, I spoke about the trade deadline for a bit because the trade deadline is impacting our Patreon episode schedule a bit. And here's how, uh, instead of our normal episode, which you'd be hearing today, which is, I think when we would go through our, um, the all NBA teams, since we just did all-star selections last week, we're actually going to skip that episode this month and revisit it next month. We're going to move our positional draft up an episode. So today we are going to be drafting. Um, I, I might argue the most stacked position in the league right now. And that is, we're going to talk about the qualifications in a second. And that is power forwards. Although I don't even know, God talk about definitions of things that have changed uh, since the days of Carl Malone. Um, and next week we're going to do a trade deadline themed Patreon episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when you let's start there. Uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll go all final review on you. Um, when you first, when you think of like, when, when, when your first like thought of a power forward enters your mind from like when you were a kid and you first thought about like what a power forward is, what, what does that mean to you? Cause to me, it's, it's Carl Malone. Like when I think the words power forward, I think Carl Malone. So when you say first it's Carl Malone, because that's like the first power forward I started watching. He was like the power forward when I first got into basketball. And then you have kind of a, I don't want to say a golden age of power forwards, but when we did our 90s and 2000s draft, 
there were a lot of guys that don't have the all NBA credentials because like there was Chris Webber, Tim Duncan, Dirk, uh, Kevin Garnett, and all of these guys vying for six spots. And it's like, oh, well, Chris Webber never made first team all NBA. Yeah, because he played at the same time as Tim Duncan, Dirk, and Kevin Garnett, three of the greatest players of all time. So it made sense that those guys, you know, made this cluster of great power forwards. It's the back to the basket. It's not necessarily like your center, but like can hit a a mid-range jumper on a pick and pop. I think the reason you think of Malone is because of the relationship he had with Stockton and how well that relationship led to where the power forward likes to take shots. Um, I think I'd still lean a little more Duncan because that's literally the, the very small age gap between us, but that those are the power forwards we grew up thinking of that are not the power forwards are going to be ranking today. Well, it's interesting. I mean, it's, that's so funny that you sit, that you bring up all those early 2000s, late nineties, early two thousands, mid two thousands guys, because I think maybe this is just all came from Shaq and other people adopted it as an argument, but an argument that existed at that time was like, these guys are all guys who would be playing center if it was any other era. And they're like getting away with playing power forward. Like, Kevin Garnett, once upon a time, like he, Kevin Garnett was bigger than Bill Russell, you know, mm-hmm. um, Tim, I mean, Tim Duncan's obviously the classic example of a guy yeah. who played the four, um, even Dirk, Dirk's a seven footer, but Dirk, you know, again, played the four. Now, the way the position has evolved, it's guys are playing the four who a oh, long time ago would have played the three. So I guess it kind of speaks to how the sport has uh, changed a bit in the last 15 or so years. Just a tad. And it's why, look, I put up on our Patreon account right before we went on there, about an hour ago. Okay. Everybody to, in preparation for this episode to put their top five power forwards. And I'm just going to let you know now the qualifications for power forward. We're going by play by play positional estimate on basketball reference. If you have at least 50% of your play by play, or how, or the majority? Is that where we're going? Yeah. Or so, for instance, if someone has like forty-five percent of their time at power forward, but it's, but it's the it's more than like there's no other number that is higher than that forty-five percent. Then they are a power forward more than they are anything else. So it, yeah. the majority of their minutes. So like hypothetically, if a player has forty percent of their minutes at power forward, thirty at small forward, thirty at shooting guard, they're a power forward qualified for this draft today. And you say that like in the past, they might be considered a center in our draft. You might've as recently as two years ago, be considered a point guard. And now <laughs> you're technically a power forward, which is the evolution of today's game. And the, the focus more on the perimeter aspect that has got teams going small, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it's, I'm going to push back on that a hair because I can't okay. let anything go. It's not that it has teams go. Yes. It, the result is that it has teams going small, but it, it has teams going more for skill than necessarily size because like someone who uh, plays in Cleveland uh, is not small by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. He's very skilled though. And he could do a lot of things. I think we are still in the world where your perfect power forward, if you if 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 you're a GM and you have your druthers, your proverbial druthers, would still ideally be a guy who's like six eight, six nine, six ten. Um, but 
can do all the other things that you need that player to do. That's all. And my pushback will be that someone in my top five that we've actually had long conversations about um, is like six, 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 five. And I think that's actually the example people are looking for because he can guard multiple positions. I get the, the skill aspect. I agree with you on where it's if, whether you're a power forward or not, you are skilled enough to be on the court. And we'd like to have as many of those guys as possible, but the prototypical power forward it, it looks a little different than the, the six, eight, six, nine guy. So before we actually start drafting um, and I forget who, how we decide who goes first, but uh, so we should... and the first one, it was age before beauty. The second one, it was like, you got to take Stefan Luca. So I get to go first. And it's why was that? It? <laughs> yes. I was frustrated because I immediately realized, Oh, John's going to win by the second pick. So for this Listen, one, I think you had well, a lot to do with that. Operator error. Yes. I took John Morant with my second pick. And all of a sudden, John has well, Luca, Trey, Steph, and Dame all on his team. And I'm left just, you know what? I'm going to go with a fun team. How's that um, looking now, by me. the way? Now it looks great. Although, as much as I was on the Ja hype train of like, he should be first team all NBA, he should be like an MVP candidate, there is a bit of like, pump the brakes that should happen with I'm I'm hate that I'm bringing up Stephen A. Smith, but the more valuable than Giannis come playoff time. Has Why would you utter his name? Because, on the show? because this is where you not being on Twitter as much <laughs> means you miss the entire outrage of it. I'm by choice. It up. By I choice. I, cause I'm I, smart. I know. And I avoid it as much as I can now. And I still like to be part of the conversation, at least see what the conversation I, is. And it's why, look, we can say we don't like it or that it's stupid. It is still part of the conversation. I know our listeners heard it, at least. And I'm agreeing with hopefully the majority of our listeners that that was stupid. Let's pump the brakes on all of this. I uh, Let me just say that the only reason that I know about that particular conversation is because Yash... Mm -hmm. Who's, oh, who's an idiot? Group chat. <laughs> yes, who's an idiot? Put it in our group <laughs> chat, and I, I, our group chat. Unlike other group chats that I happen to be amended to, uh, that I ignore everything in it. I actually do pay attention to our group chat. So, uh, Yash Bernard, uh, you should be honored. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. I pay attention too when I'm not working, which requires like a full day of writing notes about Spike Lee. <laughs> Listen, yeah. worthy expenditure not, of time. I was going to say, not the worst uh, way to spend my time. You ready to draft power forwards? Because I'll let yeah. you, we'll go back and forth officially. You're, it's your turn to go first this time. It's my turn to go first. Okay. Yes. Um, and I just, so, can I just yes. stress this one more time to people listening? If you go to basketball reference, any player's basketball reference page, if you scroll down to right below adjusted shooting, there is a play by play section. And the second column is positional estimate. And it gives you the percentages of what a player has been for most of this season. We're going by their most recent season because there's one that's going to have some injury questions. Um, we're going by their most recent season. So this year, what their positional estimate is as far <laughs> as how they qualify for a power forward. So I'll, I, say all, I'll say all of that. And then I say, John, your first pick is... Hold on. One last question uh, okay, before we ahead. begin. One last question before we begin. Um, well, no, I guess it's not. So if it's if a player hasn't played this year, we're going by last year. 
last year. Yeah. But again, the so we are drafting. So this this is just repeating what we've done before. We are drafting for who do you want on your team from now until the end of this season. This is not who you're building your team around. Um, this is not who you want on your team for the next 10 years or the next five years or the next two years. This is who you want on your team for the rest of the season. And, and, and this is, I guess where it gets tricky. You are taking the risk yes. of if this player may not appear on the court for this the rest why of the I now season. Know your, it was why I now know your first pick, which I was, I was wondering if you'd go a different direction, but now I know your first pick. You know, it, look, I would have picked him anyway. My first pick is Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he would have been my first pick, even if uh, Kevin Durant... I mean, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. I, I, at some point, Kevin Durant's going to get picked in this in this thing because he's played whatever percentage of minutes he's played at. 60% of... More than Giannis, actually. Giannis more than Giannis. 50, wow. 56% of Giannis's minutes have been at uh, power forward. He's played a lot and of center. And the rest center. at center. Yeah. So that's the thing. He's played a lot of center. Durant's at 60%, though. Um, yeah, so I'm making Giannis... The, it's the... Uh, with the Durant injury, you 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 could. Can you argue it's it's more obvious than Jokic or Steph? Eh. Only because there's one other player that I don't know that that there's an argument. I think Giannis was the clear number one. Okay, because of Durant's injury. Okay, so I thought I'm, knowing your uh, affection and your appreciation for Kevin Durant, then maybe you'd go him number one. But listen. What? I don't want to spend a lot of time with this. Kevin Durant is arguably the best shot creator in okay, one of the top five shot creators in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. It is a shot creation league as much as it ever has been. It is a shooting league as much as it ever has been. He is literally unable to be guarded by anyone because he's seven feet tall and he can shoot from you know wherever he wants. Like that all that said, I am not sleeping on Giannis. I, I think I think a lot of Giannis instead of Kupo. Well done. Um, Thank you. So now you give me an interesting choice because now, yeah. Now do I take the guy that for the entire season I've been waiting for the injury to happen, and then it happened like right before we were about to do this draft. And do you want to take your victory lap or I don't want because I don't. The problem with any victory lap is that the injury wasn't like wear and tear. Like it was a a fluke teammate falls into leg sprains his knee. You can argue all it took was like it was he was waiting for any kind of contact and it would have hurt. But like the LeBron injury last year and then all of a sudden it became he's injury prone. It's like or Solomon Hill fell on his leg and he got hurt. Like if Solomon Hill falls a foot to his left, then LeBron doesn't get hurt. And we have no idea when LeBron would have went down, which is why I'm, I'm going to give Durant the benefit of the doubt here. I still now wonder with the wear and tear that's been on his leg. I mean, I still wonder if like the recovery time is going to be the same, you know, like last year, he just took the whole regular season off, basically played 35 games so- and then came back and was ready for the playoffs. So again, I mean, look, we don't have to, we don't have to get into this much nuance, but like, is the goal of this to pick the player who is giving to give us the best chance to win a championship this season? If he was on our, if we were starting our theoretical team, mm-hmm. like I think with so. this player. Okay. So if that's it, then like, 
Does it matter if he doesn't? Like, if you think he's going to be able to come back for the playoffs and be Kevin Durant and he doesn't play another regular season game, then I don't think, I don't think it matters. Like, I think I it, guess doesn't it doesn't matter. Because, it, okay. Because I'm also factoring in, like, I'm taking his teammates away. And, like, I'm saying, yeah, yes, yes. He will fit better with other, other players. Having said that, um, if this is a week ago, he'd be my pick, but I'm yep. going to let you roll the dice. And I mean, this is where you go in first helps again, because you're going to get Giannis and Durant on your team. I think um, there's another player that has played more at power forward than you'd think than Kevin Durant. Actually, he's played 61% of his available minutes has a 58% uh, true shooting for the year. And I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, his name is LeBron James. <laughs> And since I'm taking teammates, out of you, it, you faked me out. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Since he's, since I'm taking teammates out of it, look, is it crazy to say that like the one of the top three players you'd want on your team come playoff time is LeBron James? Uh, it, the fact that Durant is now currently in a state of injury and I have to factor in the Achilles of it all, I'll take LeBron with my first pick. Um, I would have taken LeBron. Okay. I mean, if it were, if it were me, um, hmm. that being said, I mean, now it's just about, do I want to get cute or not? Um, I've already crossed them off. Oh, I'm going, I have my own. I'm not even looking at your sheet. Um, I'm just saying I'd already crossed them off. I don't like, as if, as if I think oh. you're going to take him is what I'm saying. I can't get cute here. I can't get cute here. Yeah, I'll, uh, okay. I'll, I'll 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 take Kevin Durant. Because even if what happens last year happens this year, where he just takes the rest of the season off, they get a, that's the thing. It's like they might get a five seed, <clears throat> and that might actually help them out because then their full roster is available for a game seven because they're on the road for all game sevens. Yeah. Um, and then Durant is perfectly rested, and you get the Durant we got last year in the playoffs in this year's, this year's playoffs, which might actually work out for the better for them. Um, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, that's an argument. Yeah, no, that's an argument. Well, when, um, well, it's a clipper argument. When you don't have a home court advantage to take advantage of, then it doesn't matter what seed you are, you know? That, yes, that is. Hmm, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah. A little bit, a little bit of an adjustment for this. Yes. I, okay. I, I no disagreement. So I'm taking KD. <laughs> yeah. Now it gets interesting. Um, I, well, okay. I'm not going to say anything because I. Mm. So the we are factoring in playoffs here, right? Uh, again, it's who do you like for a championship? <laughs> it's not like who do you want on your team for the rest of this regular season? And that's then all we're considering. That's where it gets interesting. Yeah. And it's why my next pick, a guy that's played 79% of his available <laughs> minutes at power forward. Um, strangely enough, despite only taking five shots a game, is it 58% true shooting? Uh, not true shooting, a 58% effective field goal percentage, and arguably the best defensive player in the league when you factor in that he could guard your center, your power forward, and all other positions on the floor. Um, yeah, I'll go Draymond here with my second pick. <sighs> Three-time NBA champion. I, on green, I thank you. You you love you. You should like why why do you even have Knicks 
Should year. Should you wire some school? It should just, you, 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 <laughs> see if there's an opening on the, uh, what is it, the Light Years podcast? Maybe Listen, they, if they're looking for a producer, you have to outbid John, but, you know, that crazier things have happened. You, Am I getting allowed to be an admirer of the current dynasty that like exists in the NBA? You could say it ended when KD left, I, but... Yeah, I'm a very big admirer of what the Warriors have done. They built a dynasty out of the 7th, 11th, and 36th pick. They not stumbled upon, but I mean, he went fucking 7th. They stumbled upon the most game-changing skill that has come across the world of sport Mm -hmm. since, I mean, I don't know. What do you want me to say? Like Since Babe Ruth started hitting home runs? Like I, I literally don't know. No, I mean uh, Johnny no, Unitas' arm not a, or something. No, no, no. Babe Ruth home runs is close. No, it's, it's like, like Ruth home runs. One. Like how, how Unitas redefined the, the quarterback position. Like I don't know hockey well enough. Like Tiger Woods. Okay, Tiger Woods on the golf course. That's mm-hmm. so. It's like, but Curry shooting is in that conversation. And then they figured out who were the two players who, if you could p- pick from a pool of literally everybody, you could argue that those two guys were the best complementary guys to that skill set. Any pushback I ever give on their individual greatness is purely based off of like you can't, you can't talk about Draymond without talking about Steph. That's that's all. That's all. And I'm saying that now. Look, the, the case against Draymond is the 14 percent usage rate. This is under. <laughs> yes, this is this is when you're talking about playoffs. This is a other side of the court argument. If there is one player that I want on the floor, probably. We're taking Kawhi out of the mix because for factoring injury, then I have to take Kawhi out. Well, he's not he's not a power forward. But like that's what I'm saying in general. Like not just power forward. If you're taking any player defensively that I want on the other side of the court when I need a big stop at the end of the game, or yes. just like a stop, a guy to run my defense, that is where I go Draymond. Like, cause this is more consistent, not with my Warriors love. This is more consistent with my Ben Wallace, my Dennis Rodman, like my guys that can't really fill up a box sheet, a box score um, argument. Like yeah. that is that is more what I'm appreciating. No, it's in Draymond. You're fine. You're it. it listen, I, I'm 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 giving you shit because I I like to give you shit, um, and I'm I'm stalling for time. I like um, shit. There you go. Okay. Uh, I mean, again. <sighs> Man, I, I mean, I have some choices again if I if I want them. Um, the playoffs of it all makes this choice a little bit more difficult. Well, okay, all right, you just because there's the, I'm just saying okay, there's so one de- obvious one. No, I mean, so okay, so Demar Derozan's the obvious name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he will finish, barring something crazy, he's going to finish in the top five in MVP voting. Um, he has might had it, might jump if Durant's out for a while too. At this point, I mean, I think the pl- I think MVP is wide open, and I actually you could couldn't you argue it's not, not well you can't say it's it's Giannis is to lose because Curry does still exist, but I there's a case that like, I don't know what the betting odds are for for Giannis right now, but it's like I'll I'll be uh, I'll go a different direction. I think it it opened up for Jokic. Like it is Giannis that team's, to lose, fine, but like they, if you're not, if you're but like if you're gonna go Giannis, his team keeps losing. They're a five seed. Right now, the Nuggets are a six seed. Like in a different, yeah. in a worse conference. Don't get me wrong, but at a certain point, I think Jokic is having the best individual season. But his team 
stinks. And I think you have to factor in both individual performance and team performance as far as a, a sport where only five guys play at once. And if you're going to give Giannis like the front runner and he's only like a couple games better than Jokic, then yeah. I think you then have to open up the argument for Jokic even further. That's fine. Um, I, 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 yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Um, I'm, you know what? If there was someone here who it was like an obvious, like this is just the better player mm-hmm. argument, I would pick them. I look, maybe you're going to say a name that's going to make me be like, oh, I'm an idiot for not saying that person's name. Um, I don't see that name. I don't see that name. Um, maybe I'm missing someone, but I don't see that name. And so I will, I will pick the Marta Rosen. I think that's also the obvious one. There's, there's another you could get cute with, but I don't, I don't think there's another more obvious one for, for okay. the way that this position goes. Um, so I think, and tell me if, if I'm wrong, there's a clear drop off now. Or would there have been a drop off after? So maybe there's a drop off after LeBron, and then there's like a tier of one or two, and then there's a drop off. I think there's no, I mean, I actually, no, I think there's probably an argument that, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I, part of me is like, Giannis, it was I, like to me, every one of these picks have been pretty obvious. Unless you want to say like Draymond was a little bit reachy, but I don't, I actually, I mean, as much as I give you crap for it, I don't think it was reach. So I think every, like everyone's kind of in their own, like no one to me has been like that close to the, to the person that was picked before them. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm at, I'm at next player available point and (laughs) you know, uh, is it getting late early in the fantasy football draft? (laughs) A little bit. And it's more of like, I have to now like the the playoff factor of it all doesn't really matter. The, you know, um, this, this is beauty of the, is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Of the draft. It yeah. starts now. So last year, I think this guy compared to our own power forward, which I'm going to get drafted. I don't, I don't know when for this draft, but um, compared to Julius Rand, I think this guy, by NBA circles was like, uh, that's the comp. And I think it's either this guy or Randall. And then Randall took a step, kind of dominated him in a couple of matchups and Knicks fans took the victory lap. And then this year, outside of one game that cost me dearly in prize picks because he couldn't hit his free throws. He's Mm. been the better player. And when you factor in, he's played 56% of his available minutes at power forward a 22% usage rate and a 61% effective field goal percentage. I will go DeMontis Sabonis. I think it, for it, in a, in a spot where there was no obvious pick, I think it was the obvious pick. Um, his numbers are ridiculous. That team is mm-hmm. crap. Like that team's the only issue good. with the pick. Yeah. Yeah, There's, but again, you're you're not drafting the rest of the Pacers. You're drafting Demonis Sabonis. The, the see, here's the tricky part, though, right? If we're if we really want to again get into the nitty gritty of this, you're drafting Demonis Sabonis as your power forward, mm-hmm. and that that is an issue, and that and that's why there's such a drop off because despite his numbers, which are which are nothing short of prodigious, um the fact that there's still a positional issue of like, it's the last five minutes of a finals game. Where do you trust to put this person on the court? So counterpoint, I'm not drafting 
him as my power forward. I'm drafting him as my power forward 56% of the time. (laughs) So down the stretch, just stop it. There was only two other players I saw that were even three. One is a gigantic injury risk and the other like does not do enough for himself. Needs a point guard (sighs) of the work. And I don't know. I went with in my eyes, what if you put on a better team, it is amazing how much has gone wrong in Indiana, specifically just in close games. That's like you, you, you look at all of their sco- their games between zero, like one and five points. That's the difference in their season. This yeah, year. I get it. They're fourteen games under five hundred, but I, I mean, they're I feel like they're, I feel like they're close to five, <laughs> closer to they're falling apart a little bit are, you know. now. Just a just a tad. Um, the the stretch before recently when they were like, all right, we suck. Let's just keep losing. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, there's still the well, the Turner news makes it a little bit more interesting, but they're. I think they're still the team to watch before the deadline, and I think, and I do think Sabonis is is the most prom. All due respect to Jeremy Grant, like I, I don't know, I don't, Jeremy Grant doesn't excite me. Watch, watch the next trade for Jeremy Grant now that I said that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, okay. Um, hmm. Uh, there's, okay, so there's, there were three other guys like I would have considered. One is a gigantic injury risk, and the other two I credit their teammates more. Yo, goodness gracious. Um, so I have Giannis KD and DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. 
and you have LeBron, Draymond, and Sabonis. If I'm if I'm being honest here, I feel like I have like a tie in my head between I don't know two guys, three guys, and one guy just carries more name value, and it's basically, you know, and I know how these votes go, and I want to win, and his name just stands out. <laughs> His, listen, his name just stands out. It? It's a matter of are people going to look at this and they're going to be like, you're an idiot. He's not playing basketball again this season. So that's where you're going. Uh, is he really going to sit out the whole year? I don't think he has a choice, which your body won't let you do. You know, well, he has a choice it's called put the fucking cheeseburger down. That's true. Yes, but that's a choice. He might not. That listen, Ugh, I don't know God. if you see that Mountain Dew commercial as much as I do, but I, I keep thinking they keep reshooting it and he's bigger each time. You know what? I'm going to dare you to fucking take him. I, I'll, I'll take Miles Bridges. Wow. Oh, wow. That's actually a great call. I don't know if it's a great call. No, I, mean, I watched. We both watched him the other night. He's, you know, I uh, he's a, he's a top thirty five player in the league right now, um, which is to say he's like probably not an all. He's not an, I don't think he's an all star, but like, like that dude's good. Um, he's a borderline all star, which is enough to be like you take him here, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's a there's a lot of reliance on the athleticism and the shot creation, and I think in the playoffs, should they even get there, like. Teams are going to be like, all right, if we lose to Miles Bridges today, we're going to lose to Miles Bridges today. And the game slows down and like the transition stuff isn't going to maybe, you know, and like, does this three pointer get a little shaky? Like it's, it's not, it's not a pick that I love, but again, it's like, if the, if the choice is the guy we were just talking about, or like a whole bunch of other options, which are uh, imperfect, shall we say, <laughs> uh, um, I'll, I'll go with Miles Bridges, perhaps just because he wiped the floor with us this week, but that's what I'm going with. Even if it is recency bias, he's having like a, a very, he, he's got a really good case for most improved player. As, yeah, much, does. as, as much as Jaws going to win it, I, I think based off of expectations, I think Bridges would actually be the most improved of players I've seen this year. Um, just some stats on him real quick. He's at 81% at power forward, a 22.5% usage rate with a 54% effective field goal percentage. Um, good pick. This was one of the guys I was wrestling with. I think Sabonis is like a hair better. And oh, Sabonis is a better player. There's yeah. zero question about that. I, and actually, I looked at the, I looked at the, um, perimeter creativity more, you know, but I, yeah. as far as power forward goes, I would take Sabonis over Bridges. I, yeah, no, I, I, I think again, I think the draft has gone the way the draft is, has is supposed to go so far. I agree. And it's why this next pick is going to be interesting. Um, man. So I'll just kind of talk through it a little bit. Um, Trading for Cam has incited a lot of conspiracy theories for Knicks fans that think, like, oh, the well, like think the end game is to get the Duke trio back together, not realizing that one third of the Duke trio has some legitimate like health concerns that you have to consider. And whether you want to build around someone like that, like, look, the problem with speculating about Zion or his weight or his mental health is that nothing's coming from him. So, 
Yeah. You don't know if he's actually has like a personal issue going on, if it's a work ethic thing. And it's why a personal man, I'm not issue. Gonna, well, like, that's the thing. I don't know what to say, whether it's like, John, let me speak firsthand on this. I know what it's like, but it like is difficult to find that motivation, especially given your surroundings. Having Andrew, said you're, that he's a professional athlete, which is the listen. There are guys who have been drafted into the NBA and then not had the work ethic. We drafted one named Michael Sweetney hit a buzzer beater once that you guys completely forgot about. And, um, and across the buzzer, Derek Coleman, who has been called by some like didn't Charles Barkley call him like the most physically mm-hmm. gifted fucking player of all like he's ever seen. And, you know, what yeah. do you do? So as a result, I have no idea. I, I genuinely don't know what to expect from Zion the rest of the year. I can't do it. I can't do it yet, at least, especially when. <sighs> this is wild. This is so wild that he's, he's if you're not going to, I mean, I'm even saying you're wrong. I just, this is wild that the guy's falling. I have him. I have him lower on my list too. Like he wouldn't go for a while for me. Um, yeah, I'll go John Collins, 93% at power forward. Um, the usage rate is only 20%, which is the, what I was saying about like how he like relies on Trey to get a lot of his points. However, he's at 60% effective field goal percentage. He's the prototype. I said this last year during our two man draft. If Obi has a goal in mind, that is it. Oh yeah. Come John Collins, all the Amari Stoudemire stuff that people want to throw on Obi. Let's start at John Collins and see if he elevates a step further. I'll go Collins. Yeah. But like you're talking about Collins, like he's a, like he's like a, a, an average starter like John oh, no, Collins, no, no. he's a borderline all-star like mm-hmm. you know he's not that far i'm not saying i'm not saying he's prime amari prime amari was a, a, a freak of nature but um yeah here's the crazy the thing and I'm, I'm starting to think about this now as i prepare myself mentally for the trade deadline like if john collins didn't have a jump shot and he like just nobody feared him from three what is he uh, cause right now John Collins is pretty effective because the, the three point shot is there and does need to be feared. Um, so can I just quickly, for those who don't know his shooting splits across the board, I said, effective please. field goal percentage, it's a yeah. 59, 59.5. So rounding up is 60%. He's at 54% from the field, 44% from yep. three on, on not three and a half insignificant attempts. volume. Yeah. Like, think about that for every game. He's either two of four, two of five or, or one of three. Like that is him every game. Yep. Uh, from the field. So I, I think it's actually makes a lot of sense to take him here. And it's the, the, the fact that the, the thing I keep going to with Obi is those corner threes that Obi keeps missing is what John Collins is making this year. It was his uh, proficiency last year down the stretch that every time I would watch the Hawks rooting against them, because I wanted the Knicks to pass them in the standings and get the four seed. It was like, John Collins isn't missing. I am afraid of this team. Let's go after it, the heat and led to my Hawks and six thing. And you, and you poo poo the, uh, you poo poo the shot creation a little bit. Cause you're like Trey, Con- Trey, uh, Trey Collins, Trey young feeds him a lot. Yes. Trey young does feed him a lot, but like that dude could get a shot off. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's legit. Okay. Oh God. I mean, I mean, someone's got to take him at some point. Um, it's. I just don't know how how long I want to play this game of chicken for. Um, I'll just throw this out there. I have 
at least three players I would take before him. Yeah. So you you have some time if you want to wait. That's very that's very kind of you. I would to generously say. say that. Maybe um, that was a strategy to get you to skip him again so I could take him next because you're talking about name recognition. That's what my team doesn't have after LeBron. Fuck it, I'll do it. Okay, I'll take Zion. Right. So, just to, to Zion's credit, two seasons ago, not this season, but last season, uh, 92% from at the power forward position, 29.8% usage, 62% effective field goal percentage. He averaged 25, seven, uh, 27, 7, and 4. He's he's Shaq on skates. I think somebody said that about him. Yes. Like what what there's what, what can you say about the guy that hasn't already been said? He's ridiculous. He's a, he's a cheat code. Might be you know, as he, big as Shaq now. But <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I'm allowed to I'm allowed to make those jokes. The guy is a we said it last week. He's a professional athlete. I hope he's okay. And you know, I I I don't know how motivated he is to get get better in New Orleans. I th- unfortunately, I think there might all due respect. That, I and I I am, I am an advocate for mental health. Maybe he's just a little too okay. Maybe he needs to be a little less Sorry. okay. Maybe he needs to be a little bit more uncomfortable. I think. Oh uh, man! <laughs> it's fucking. So, this is where a different conversation now can start, and it's has the mighty fallen so far I, that our own guy is not. I a thought top about him. Power forward. Like we're at the tenth pick in the draft. Um was. Are, according to a lot of experts last year, the, one of the four best power, fo- one of the four best forwards, forwards yeah. in the NBA last year. Yeah. And we're now just by power forward. I'm debating taking somebody else over him. Um, oh, I, I think you, I, I mean, again, if the goal is to draft a player who will help you have a successful rest of the regular season and win a championship, I think there are several names that. So, Fred Katz hit us with a stat when he was on last time with potential assists. And I had been paying it. I had been noticing that a lot. I think a lot of the reason Randall's struggles were so highlighted in the beginning of the year is because not only was he struggling, but the guys he was passing to were struggling. RJ was missing. Fournier was missing. Kemba was making, but Kemba was more making off shots. He created himself. There were very Mm -hmm. few catch and shoot opportunities that Randall was getting for guys and they were missing. So I've been paying attention to those a lot more. And like last night for is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Randall hit RJ a lot last night when those Mm -hmm. catch and shoot opportunities and they didn't convert. The reason Randall probably didn't up with a double, double or a triple double is because (laughs) of that in the third quarter, he started doing it with Fournier and it worked. The, Free throw people have been holding him accountable That's for over the last 24 hours. It's ridiculous. It's frustrating because what he did was get, find a wide open Alec Burks in the corner that would have given the Knicks the lead. And it's why I'll do it. I'll take our guy, Julius Randle, with the next pick. Given that his teammates like put him around with more consistent shooters, maybe like a much more subdued from last season. Like obviously the, the three point shooting I think is gone for good, but a guy that is much more of a creator from the post that is getting to the rim as often as he can. And occasionally takes and makes the long two is why I'll go Julius Randall with my 10th pick. Uh, I I'm fine with it. 
Um, the another another stat um, that I was looking at today over the last sixteen games for the Knicks, he's played in in fourteen of them. Um, the best Nick in terms of on off differential uh, is a gentleman you just mentioned, Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been again by on off numbers the most helpful player on the team. After him is Julius Randle. So like there, I think it's something like nine points per hundred possessions better when Randall has played than when he sat again, yeah. this is just over the last 16 games, which he's again, he's played in 14 of them, not an insignificant sample size. Um, he's turned it around. He's still not as good as last year, but he's definitely turned it around. He's playing better. He's competing more. I think th- there's good stuff going on here and there. It's not perfect. It's at the 10th pick here. I think you're, you're good. 89% at the position, 29, 27.6, which is actually down from last year in usage rate. And then the big one, effective field goal percentage, which is where I would like him to take less threes or either start making all the volume threes he's taking. But he's at 47% effective field goal percentage. So this, I think, the drop from... Last year, he goes, what, close to, closer to where DeRozan is? Closer to where... If we, if we were doing this draft... Bonus, right? If we were doing this draft around the same time last year, mm-hmm. after 40-something games last year, 40, whatever it's been, 43 games, 45 games, I think he probably goes he goes top five for sure. I'd probably consider him over Draymond, to be honest. The way he played last year, that, that I, probably I, is where I consider him. I don't think that's ridiculous. Um, okay, I am going to go a little... I don't know if this is basketball nerdy of me or whatever. Um, I think again, if the goal is to just try to win the most games, um, this is a guy that can play on pretty much any team in the league. Although having a stretch five next to him helps a lot because the fact that he is, uh, shooting at present time, 32% on three, three point attempts a game is, uh, not great. However, the player I'm about to pick does have a career high by far, actually, effective field goal percentage of 57.3 might make an all defense team. I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon. Yep. I looked at him too. He's on he's, he was one of the people I considered over Randall. He's good. Yeah. I mean, he's the fourth best guy on a championship team, but he's good. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of guys that might be fourth best on a potential championship team, um, there's a team that you put at number one in the NBA in your rankings when we last did power rankings. And this guy has a 57% effective field goal percentage as well. Um, a 22% usage rate, which honestly for as what, what they ask him to do is kind of perfect. It's similar to Collins, similar to Sabonis and has played 95% of his games at 90% of his minutes at the power mm. forward. Um, from the Utah Jazz. Wow. Let's see if I can get this. Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, you got it. I nailed it. There we go. You, did. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that, that's it's a you know, it's a sneaky pick. It's a sneaky pick. Um the the volume on three pointers is where I'm going with this. This is the stretch four that I think a lot of teams would die to have and what the jazz when they got him two years ago, or I guess three years ago, you look at what that team's been since he got there. You credit a lot to what Mitchell and Gobert have done. And obviously the two monsters off the bench, but like 
I, I think a lot of the glue that exists is that he's able to be such a weapon. Like we're talking the last last three seasons in Utah, 41% on seven per, seven attempts, 39% on six attempts. And then this year, 40% on six attempts, all from three. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a devastating offensive player. Yeah. Um, I am going to go again. This is a little name brand recognition, although... He has had a very nice comeback season uh, after falling a little bit from uh, talk about guys who fell from their second team all NBA perch. Um, did not have a great year last year for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, came back this year putting up 21, 8, and 5 with over a steal and just under a block a game. Um, and uh, again, a little low on the effective field goal percentage 51.1, 33% from deep. Not quite what you want. Um, he hasn't, he's only played 28 games. He's been, been in a lineup, but again, 13th pick. I'll, I'll, I think Pascal Siakam's pretty, pretty okay selection here. I think I've officially figured you out because I have, I made a list based off of what I, not necessarily what I would take, but okay. like off of who I think John would have in order. And when I tell you that in order, I have Julius Randle, Pascal Siak- Siakam, Bo Boyan and then Aaron Gordon. So like those four in a row, my, my list is, is lining up with yours a, a yeah. lot. So there you go. I'm, I'm, pay, I'm paying attention to the correct nerd stats that I need to for these drafts. I mean, and like, again, Siakam's a guy who's like, it's, it's meaningful that he was the third best player on a title team, you know, mm-hmm. like that um, matters. Was he the third best player? Uh, Kawhi, Kawhi, Van, Kyle Van Lowry. Van he was more important to that team than Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet wasn't even a full-time starter on that team. Right. He was their weapon off the bench that single-handedly won game five against the Bucks. I, and you know what helped, I think helped, this sounds like? Helped close out game six in Golden State. You know what I think it sounds like? I think what? this sounds like you're sleeping on Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam. <laughs> uh, well done. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is where it's appropriate for me to take this guy because it's the only person on this list that I've shared a court with once in my life. And oh, I reali- okay. Quickly, I realized, thought about him. You know me very well. I would have taken him. <laughs> quickly realized I was not destined for a future in the NBA. Um, yeah, so Tobias Harris this season on ninety-five percent at the power forward position um, and a twenty-three point nine usage percentage has just made it 49.6 effective field goal percentage. Um, he, man, the three point numbers are not good. It's only three. It's only like four attempts, but that's still I, enough that it's, it's bad. It's 31% from three. There, um, there's a reason I, I didn't jump at him a few picks so ago. The, because it's the 14th pick. I think it's okay. Because it's fine. Far. And I, that's I think a lot of why you're seeing him being mentioned in the, well, we'll trade Ben Simmons, but you have to take, take uh, Tobias Harris off of our, our hands, especially when you factor in that his contract only gets worse from here. Um, he Can I just read off what his... Well, he's not an expiring salary, right? He has a player no, option he has, for next year? He, no, no, no. He has... Oh, hold the on. extension. The extension. I have it. So, Are you talking about Tobias? Yes. So the next three seasons. He's Tobias has two more years after this. I got yeah. it. 36 million he's making this year. Next yeah. year. He makes $38.5 million. Yeah. And 23-24, guaranteed $40.9 million. It's not dissimilar to the CJ McCollum 
contract. Bingo. Um, like talk about like very similar assets. If you could, I'm not sure if you could use that term for either player at this point, I would actually argue that I, I kind of rather have Tobias on my team than McCollum. Um, but that's a, that's probably a call it into Adam Silver. There you go. <laughs> um, I'll take Tobias Harris, Long Island zone, Tobias Harris with my next pick. Okay. Um, that's a, that's a perfectly fine pick. Um, there's a lot of different directions I could go here. Um, there is an obvious name and it's probably going to be the name that I am about to say. Um, even though he hasn't been, hasn't been great this year. Well, he's, I should say hasn't been great. I mean, the, the team's doing very well and he has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah, I can't do that yet. I think, I, I think I'm going to count on this, a certain player being there when I pick next. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even after that, uh, I'm going to take uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Triple J, 55% at the position, 25% usage rate, 48% effective field goal percentage. Now, I'll be very curious if I, because I don't think I've missed anybody, but I think that was the last obvious, like that was the last name guy. Uh, there's, I think there's one and a half the half being that it's it, this year has been a legitimate resurgence for this guy and he's got okay. a completely different role i think it's oh, I, okay maybe the direction i go to be honest if um, you take him here not to take over somebody else <laughs> i listen do it man by all means um nba champion that's the thing. We're, can I just read off some some blank, some stats with no name attached to it? Okay. Sure. So go for it. Indulge me. Six percent effective field goal percentage. That's very on, good. On on six attempts, forty one percent from three, and we're talking about a guy that's played sixty two percent of his minutes at power forward. Um, championship pedigree has played in four NBA finals, and despite the fact that. Steph Curry was kind of injured and couldn't get around and was more hunting for a three has a key stop in a key moment of an NBA finals game seven. And look, Ricky Rubio was your pick for sixth man for a while, or at least yes. sixth man candidate for a while. I think there's a new one from the Cavaliers. If you oh want to anoint one, stop it. They've won five in a row since we last did that podcast that they are going to fall off a cliff. They are, have a better record than the bucks. And if, the Nets injury with Durant is significant, then they may get up to the three seed. And then there's your, their, your way to, uh, to reward the Cavaliers is to put Kevin Love in top three for sixth man of the year. So I'll go Kevin Love. I, that's, that's, bo- that's, it's okay. both. Yes, it's both. That is the resurgence of Kevin Love. Thanks. Fortune, fortune favors the bold. Um, Wow, just a glorious moment for forty-one percent on six attempts. That's not it, like it's not like I took a bum, you know. It's not like no, it's a small sample size either. You, you, you did not take a bum. Um, this was my sixteenth pick. This was the sixteenth. The sixteenth pick. pick. I got it. Um, all right. I don't really like any of the players left. Actually, no. I like I like one of the players left a lot. Um. But I'm going to take. If it's a guy we're both thinking of, he's having an atrocious season. See, see, now you have me like faking myself out. 
was he in the same conversation as Julius last year for yeah, no, that's that's the guy that I thought you were referring to. It's uh, okay, not the guy that I'm referring guy. to now, okay. but um, I do just want to make sure. Yeah, not quite where you want to be. Um, I I do still trust this player when push comes to shove. Um, oh God, I hope you don't take the other the guy that I really want. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with Marcus Morse. You took him. Okay. I was it was either him or uh okay. It was either him or Kevin Love. Can I read off Marcus Morris's so Marcus Morris real quick? 66% of power forward, 27%, uh 23% usage rate, 51% effective field goal. Um, so this year he's taken a hit on three-point percentage, especially compared to last year. If you want to talk about a guy that may be feeling yes. the fans more than anybody else in the league was 47% from three on 5.2 ah, attempts last that, year. Hold on. And this year regressed a little bit more to the mean at 37%. Like he was hitting like 48% of his threes as Nick. At, when he was 44, 44, but that's like whatever neither here nor there. Neither here yeah. nor there. Yeah, but, but there were like, fans in the building. So it's not like the guy can't, hasn't shown the ability to hit shots in front of fans. So not 47% is my I, point, though. Like, I that understand. is an unrealistic number as compared to his career averages. He had one season. Um, he's had zero seasons over 40% in his career outside of that half a season with the Knicks and last season without fans. So that was my only point. Okay. Um, having said that, I think he's low-key like the perfect stretch four along with some of the others. I think once you ask him to do other things is where it gets difficult, but no, he's it's great that he gets to play along those other two guys. Um, If whether they play again, well, the season we'll see. Okay. So that was my pick at 17. You are up at 18. I'm fascinated by which way you go. Yeah, I know. Cause there was a guy I'm not taking two calves, although I think he's next on my list. I wouldn't. So, and we should say, by the way, to anyone who's like, why have you guys not taken Evan Mobley? Evan Mobley does not qualify. He is, by the percentages, he uh, has played most of his minutes at small forward. The The small forward draft is going to be interesting. That's yes, all I'm going to say. The fact that LeBron and Katie won't be there is the best part. It, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be low-key slim pickings, unless mm-hmm. we just say, fuck it, and we, put, and we just make the final draft, no. the next draft wings. No, we're going, okay. No. No, okay. we follow the rules. That's here. fine. John Macri. I, I'm, I'm nothing if not a rule follower. Okay, um, you got you to gotta take someone. All right. Um, no, nah, I took my Cavs representation. There's no, there's no rule that says you can't take a second player from a team you've already taken someone from. I made that rule. As <laughs> long as own, I... For my own team. Um, as long as I don't have to follow it. Uh, You know what? That's a silly rule. I'll take marketing. Okay. Laurie marketing, man, on 18% uh, usage rate uh, has a 51% effective field goal percentage. I was trying to give you a hint. What? The guy that I really wanted two or three picks ago, and I was mm-hmm. convinced that he was going to be there for me now. And I will now take him with my last pick, and that is Scotty Barnes. Also qualifies at does power really? forward. Yes, he does. Okay. I completely so, missed that. Wow. And it's, you know, what's a real funny part is I, in my mind, when I think who's the Raptors power forward, I think of OG Ananobi. Who's not, That's the who's other the part. Yeah. yeah. So when I went doing my research, I saw Siakam and then just like, didn't go back to, didn't go back to the, 
the Raptors. So that's my that's just operator error. But um, Scotty Barnes right now probably would finish second in Rookie of the Year. Um, so this being the last pick, I'm going to say two guys that I'm not going to take that I had on my list. Um, Jay Crowder is at 86% uh, of his minutes at power forward, only 14% usage rate. We have Chris Paul, Devin Booker on your team. You probably shouldn't have that high a usage rate. And it works better that he's just a catch and shoot three-point shooter. And this year, not as accurate as you'd like, but not as inaccurate that it's detrimental to the team. Um, yeah, he's at 36% this year, yeah. which is not great, but it's... But he he does so many little things that just it helps you win games and like, has for a while too yeah. you know um, yeah. and I'm also not taking Jeremy Grant I just can't do it especially when I need to go full so I need to go full heel mm. not heel here but full like I want to try and win this draft too with my can I tell pick, you that but go ahead can I tell you the guy you should take care oh who because he he I well listen I'm not gonna tell you what to do. there's a guy from the team of the player that you just mentioned that I think deserves to be the last pick. Of the Pistons. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go look at the Pistons and I'll find out who you're talking about. I'll just tell you. No, I can, I can say it. I mean, it's the last pick, so I can't pick again. I think Sadiq Bay has an argument for being the last pick here over guys like Kuzma, you know, mm. PJ Tucker. Um, but you said Jeremy Grant, like Jay Sean Tate is a good player with Houston. Like all these guys are good. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a little too high on Sadiq Bay. Kuzma's probably. I, I mean, we can just talk about it now because again, it's it's. I don't get to pick again. Kuzma's probably the right pick, I think here. But I don't know. I I have a soft spot for Sadiq Bay. His numbers are not great. So all three of those, all four of those guys, I'll say probably have a better case than the guy I'm going to take. Wow, um, who didn't? Oh, hold on, can I, let me guess who you're going to take. Um, mm, mm, mm. so real quick, the players that we've mentioned that I'm not, you're not taking it are all honorable mentions, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, Jay Crowder, um, Jeremy Grant and yeah. Sadiq Bay. Um, who, do, who am I not going to take John? Who do you, who do you think I'm not going to take with my last pick? You're not really taking Obi Toppin, are you? Why not? Are you really going to take Obi Toppin with this pick? It's a 20th pick of the draft. Why wouldn't I? I mean, like, listen, I just suggested Sadiq Bay. Sadiq mm-hmm. Bay was drafted Obi after Obi Toppin just last year. So I mean, let me just read off some stats with no name attached to it, John. Um, per 36, okay, 17.4 points per game, 8.4 rebounds per game, yeah. 2.3 assists. Now, the three-point percentage is not what you want, but it's still a 53% <laughs> from the field, yeah. along with, along with, a 56% effective field goal that's, percentage. That's gone down quite a bit. It has, but it's still 56%, which is <laughs> higher than everybody we just mentioned. So, What is his three-point percentage at right now? Is it in the 20s, I'm assuming? It's, it's 20%, but it's oh, on it's one at, attempt. It's at one attempt a game. One and a half attempts per game. 1.5. I am taking with oh. my last pick, so I have both Knicks power forwards, okay? And with the factor that I want to see what his teammates are and maybe like I'll take a point guard and it might actually utilize him. I'll take a coach that prefers to play him. I will take, you know, other things involved you, that you can't draft all these people with Toppin. You're just drafting Toppin. I know. I'm just saying that the teammates involved may 
factor in. And look, when we were in the playoffs last year and we saw like who the Knicks not struggling, one of them, I thought, was Obi Toppin. I thought he actually rose to the occasion in the playoffs, whereas some others looked like they had some lemon booty and couldn't handle the stage as much as others. So with the final pick, what a ridiculous comment. a complete homer pick, I will take Obadiah Toppin Sr. the third, I think. I have no idea if he named his kid Obi. I, whatever. That's like when, uh, when like John Sterling used to like make up a name for Alex Rodriguez that like wasn't yes. his name. Alexander yeah. the Great. There you go. Um, a bomb from a rod. Whatever. I mean, at this point, I mean, but then it, like it's the last pick again. A guy I, I didn't. We name. acknowledge all of the power forwards that didn't that probably should have gone ahead of him. Uh, I took a guy based off of off of potential. So Kelvin Johnson, fifteen points a game. Six and a half rebounds. Um, he is hitting 44% from three. Again, uh, RJ's kind of rebound a little bit, so we don't have to hear the, uh, you know, is is uh, is Keldon better than RJ uh, stuff? Uh, but, man, uh, that guy's having Johnson a really at 44% from three? Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Wow, John, yeah. you should have taken him. I'm comfortable with my picks. Like I, I, again, I, I really, I love Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes is like amazing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to tell me that I should have taken Kelvin Johnson before Marcus Morris. Okay. Maybe, but like, again, I trust the guy that's been in massive games. And then ahead of that, I took Jaron Jackson jr. Who's like, just, I mean, he's, he's uber talented. You missed the clear sarcasm that I was telling you someone you should have taken oh. over your last pick. <laughs> Sorry. We'll say Ovi has a higher effective field goal percentage than Kelton Johnson. Uh, I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. I'm not. That's yeah. I'm not moving <laughs> me here. Uh, yeah. And like, I, I think uh, what's Jared Vanderbilt on the Timberwolves is like, again, that's not a sexy guy at all, but he's like an, an insane defensive presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was talk about a reason why the Knicks uh, were all out of sorts last night. Um. Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Jade McDaniel's another guy on that team. Like they have two good, good, pretty good dudes at at that four spot. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's like it's a. I think it's a strong position. I don't think it's. You know, it, it definitely thinned out towards the end, but there's there's a lot of players that that are really good. Um. This is fun. This was a good time. Yeah. I love doing these. These are my these are my favorite Patreon pods to do. Small forward next month or shooting guard. <laughs> I'll we've leave gone, it up to you. We've gone small, big, big, small, I think. So let's do shooting guard next month. Sure. Um, okay. And then, yeah, and then we end up in the middle. That makes sense. Um, and then, so next week, as of now, the plan is, and I think I could pull this off, is to come up with a fake trade for every team. So 30 teams, 30 fake trades. Um, I, so looking at it from each team's perspective, because obviously if there's another team that they're making a trade with, you could say like, well, that one, one bird kills or no one stone kills two birds, two birds and one stone. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I'm going to come up with, I'm going to attempt to come up with 30 different trades and um, we'll see how that goes. Good luck. I will be here to react to every single one of those trades. John. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you everybody. For being a Patreon, uh, a Patreon subscriber, a patron of Nick's Film School. Uh, don't forget to, if you haven't already done so, check out our next uh, playback, which is uh, our watch along thing, which is going to be at some point early next week. Apologies to anyone who was on 
the watch along um, for the just lovely game against the Timberwolves, which saw me depart um, along with the Knicks' chances of victory around late in the third quarter. I, because I, I actually think you left in the third quarter and, and the that's Knicks when it turned went on a okay. run and then you came back and all of a sudden no i know john well i did i did not come back because my internet sucks but you i'll i'm going to get your the- camera on in the late fourth quarter and all of a sudden the Knicks were either fouling turning the ball over mm-hmm. or whatever rj was doing last that's night. that's that's very fair mm-hmm. um okay uh, but seriously, thank you, everybody. We appreciate everybody who um, listens to these because that means you are just going above and beyond to support what we do. And, and we do appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you so much. And we will be back with you um, for another one of these babies uh, next week. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.